Hello everyone, hey good evening and welcome to another episode of The Front tonight. It's Wednesday night, which means we're going to have another live leadership lesson. Couple quick reminders for motivational tips to increase your influence and level up your leadership. Make sure you check out my website at leadtheteam.net for all of those things. Also, make sure you check out leadtheteam.tv for the same on videos, podcasts, that goes right to the YouTube channel. So we are going to get started with my friend Lisa Copeland right after this. This show is about motivation, positive attitudes, and taking action. Let's get pumped. Forge the path. Get fired up. Thanks for tuning in to Lead the Teams, the front. And now... Your host, Mike Phillips. Yes, that's right. And speaking of going live, we're live right now. On my left, I've got it right, is Miss Lisa <laughs> Copeland, CEO of Cars Her Way. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to t- time out of your evening tonight to join me and share a live leadership lesson with the viewers. Thanks, Mike, for having. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, if there are people that are maybe new to you, if they're new to Lisa, some of the subscribers of this channel, some of the viewers and so forth, if you wouldn't mind, just take two or three minutes, maybe kind of give a little bit of your business background, who you are, as much as you do or don't want to share. I'd love for you to, to introduce yourself a little bit. Well, thank you. So my name's Lisa Copeland, and I am the CEO of Cars Her Way. We are a digital technology agency that we specialize in um, helping auto manufacturers, auto dealers in um, uh, procuring uh, the female consumer. So that we, I do that. Um, I have, I'm about to do a show on Fox starting in January, a, a car show in 25 markets following Joel Osteen on Sundays. Um, another TV show in Canada called Car Sharks on the History Station. I'm a speaker and I'm an author. So I, I do a lot of things. I have a lot of side hustles. You do have a lot of side hustles. Sorry, I was trying to figure out my new little buttons here. I got all kinds of cool stuff. It's like I'm in the office in Florida, which I'm not really. But uh, so, yeah, one of the things that I saw, you were just on Fox uh, two days ago, three days ago. Yes. And, and yes. What, what was the discussion like there? You were certainly, I think they were bringing you on as an expert. You are an expert. And so what was what was that about? Uh, we were discussing Mary Barra and the 15,000 uh, layoffs at General Motors yeah. and potentially what that looks like to the U.S. economy. Yeah. So um, congratulations on that. I think that was really uh, that, that's awesome to have that level of acknowledgement and have them bring you on the show like that. So uh, yeah. as we get into the, to today, so with all of the different things that you do, speaker, author, influencer, uh, super powered businesswoman. What if you had to narrow it down to like one thing, one or two things that if someone was to ask, they said, Hey, what is Lisa Copeland all about? What do you think that one thing would be? Lisa is all about um, influencing others and, and, and um, sharing, sharing knowledge and, 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 and creating community. And that's what, that's what I've done. Um, I have several groups that I've started that I'm very passionate about creating community of, of business leaders, not just in the automotive industry, but truly a social network, which is much different than social media. 
social media is where we go on and we share what we ate for dinner. Social network right. is where we go in and we network and we support each other and do business with each other. Yeah, and I, I'm in one at least one of your groups on uh, Facebook, the Big Sellers Group. I'll g give that the plug there. And it is awesome because it is something that you do a very good job of nurturing an environment where people are sharing uh, things that may maybe they aren't somewhere else. You know, I think I think that's really good. So let me ask you, as we're talking about leadership, and I'm going to dive right into this, what are maybe two or three specific characteristics that you, Lisa Copeland, because you're in all these different verticals, you're in all these different places, what are two or three characteristics that you would pick out and say, you know what, this is what I would say defines a leader. This is what makes not just a good, but a great leader. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I love the book that leaders eat last. Uh, I, you know, I, you uh -huh. know, I believe that to be a leader, you have to have people that want to follow you. And the only way you can do that is, is to not be a boss is not to be a bully, but to be somebody who really roots for and supports their organization, which um, I feel like that was my superpower at the time I was running a dealership and my dealerships is that I really rooted for my employees. And I've just seen many in the automotive industry, especially I've seen many sure. dealer principals and they're just, they're bullies. And I, I don't think that makes for a great leader. It might make, it might make a boss, but it doesn't make a great leader. No, I would agree with that. Certainly. What, uh, what would you say is somebody that as you were coming up in the business, because it is something still, at least in my opinion, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, certainly, women are still a, a bit of a minority in the auto industry. Do you agree with that? Yes, no? Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay. Um, I'm trying to try go a fine line there, but they, you, you know, so <laughs> as you're coming up in the auto industry as a very uh, strong and amazing woman in the auto industry, your background in automotive, you were a Fiat dealer, right? I, I, you said that at the beginning, yes? Yes, yeah, and, Fiat Alfa Romeo. And you were, you were the Fiat dealer, like you were the number one, correct? Correct. So who are some people that getting into that position, because it's a unique position, one, to be a, a woman in the auto industry, then also to be a dealer, a, a female dealer in the auto industry, a dealer principal, and then also right. to be a Fiat dealer. Those are all kind of three unique pieces. Who are some people that really had some tremendous impact and some influence on you coming up in automotive? Well, you know, probably in the last five years, it was it was Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. It was FCA. It was it was the the team that uh, in Detroit. You know, I had the honor of meeting Mr. Marchione, uh, yeah. him coming to my dealership after my team broke the world record. Um, awesome. And yes, I was so proud of him. And um, and then you know being appointed to the National Dealer Council, and so I was able to work with the eighteen best dealers for FCA in the United States. And they were wonderful and they taught me so much. And then all of the executives at FCA, which is Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, they were all very, very good to me and I'm, I'm forever grateful. So I, I, have, I have a very soft place in my heart for the Fiat brand. I always will. And for all the executives in Detroit um, who keep the wheels on the bus. <laughs> I, I hear that. So did you have, you moved, you, how did you move on from Fiat? You you chose to sell your dealership. What what yes. was it that that transitioned you forwarded to where you are at now? 
Well, um, you know, so people say all the time, why'd you sell? And I said, I say, because I had a buyer. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's for sale, uh, right? Everything's for sale, right? And so that was in March of 2016. And I say, it was actually March 16th of 2016. And it's a day forever burned in my brain because it was the day I got my life back. And so, um, but you know, I, I, I had a game plan knowing I was going to transition out. And so, and so I knew that, um, you know, I, I had, I had been picked up by a couple of agents in New York, which was great. Um, I'd been speaking pretty heavily on the automotive circuit. And so mm-hmm. I had a lot of film from it. So I, I, I caught the eye of a couple agents in New York. And so, you know, having agents makes all the difference in, in doing what I do. Um, you know, not, they're, they're not they're not speakers bureaus they're agents they're out there sure. every day and they're they're looking for people to hire me so that has been just amazing and and i don't think i'd be where i am today without those agents so i'm forever grateful to them um and then you know a, a lot of consulting work so you know i mean again I, I you know i knew that that i wanted to start living my life again and not having 72 employees and six days a week and you know, people's, you know, any the this the uh, the stress of um, a dealership. So, I, you know, I wanted to travel. I wanted to speak. I wanted to write a book, which the book behind me, um, other side, the book behind me, Crushing uh-huh. Mediocrity. I co-authored with my best friend, who's one of the top jet brokers in the world. And so, and just go out and live the life I want to live, and that's what I do. Um, you know, I I traveled. I think, or by the end of this year, I think I'll have been on the road weeks. Um, but you know, my husband travels with me a lot and you know, I, I, I'm, it's just amazing. I get to go to amazing locations and stay at amazing places and I'm just living the life that I want to live. And I, I, I like to encourage people to do the same thing. I think we only have one time around the sun, you know, and I think we need to make the most of it. That's awesome. The, uh, so when you're out on the road and you're speaking and thank you for sharing that with everybody, the, yeah. uh, when you, when you're out and you're speaking, what what level of people like you you're at all these different conferences what level of people do you enjoy because you you said twice or a couple times you said hey i wanted my life back right so mm-hmm. what does it look like what does your schedule look like right now i'm gonna shift gears there just a second yeah okay um it's super busy super busy uh, i decided that i was going to take the month of december off which got, i'm like if you're in the car business could you ever do that and then, and then I got a call from my agents. And so I'm, I'm heading to New York next week. I'm speaking on Saturday uh, at a major event. And then I'm going to do Fox news, I think Friday in, in New York mornings with Maria, it looks like. And so, um, other than that, I'm home in the month of December, but, uh, but I, I'm just busy. So what do I do I, up in the morning at six 45? I have my show, I see that. Uh, which is 15 minutes of fear. So that's yeah. every morning. So that's, and that's a good thing for me because by the time I'm off the air at seven, mm-hmm. uh, I'm starting my day and I'm working, you know, I, I have about 15 dealer clients. Um, I have a couple of manufacturers that, that I, I handle all of, uh, I do data. We, we, uh, we handle all their data and some, some tier two advertising for, so mm-hmm. busy, busy, busy. Um, but if at noon, I want to break away for two hours and go see a friend, if I'm in town and go have lunch or today I was out on the trail, you know, doing my six miles at two o'clock in the afternoon, I, I can do anything I want to do. So, so I, I, I start early in the morning and that's what I tell yeah. people. If you want to get more done and work less, get more done and work less get up earlier in the morning because your brain is the best. It's the most efficient and you have the least distractions. 
I agree with you 100% there because I do an early morning show as well. And so when, you know, that early morning time, like for me, I still have two, well, three young kids. I have an 18 year old and two young kids, <laughs> but but the two young kids, you know, normally the, I'm up even before them. What time do you do you normally get up? What time do you start your day? Because you said 645 you, you start your show. What time do you actually jump out five, of bed? Five, 5 a.m. Yeah, so um, I, 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 I spend 30 minutes of reading every single day I'm, I'm working on. Um, I write because I have a book that we're working on finishing. I have a literary agent and we're working on finalizing a publisher. And the name of the book is The Big Sell from Idea to Impact. Um, so, you know, so I need to write and do edits and things like that. Sure. And then I, I do show prep. And I'm on the air at 6.45 a.m. Central Standard Time to 7. And then from 7 to about 8.30, I start answering emails. And, you know, depending on what my day looks like from there. If um, I have several dealerships here in town that I consult for. And I just do that really so that I can stay in the mix of the car dealerships. So a lot of sure. times I'm over at the dealerships and, and doing that. So it's, I mean, every day is a new day. That's what I love. I mean, every day is a new day. And the other part is, is that if, if, if there's a project I'm working on that I don't love, I can finish it and never go back to it. Yeah, that that's that's probably one of the the that has to give you just absolute. Uh, you have no I, idea. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I can't even put a word on it. Just <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Just I just I, I just finished one a couple of days ago and um I don't even know why I took it. I just did it. And, I, mm -hmm. you know, and it's one of those things. So I, that's another tip for your your audience is that if, if you take something on and you have that twinge in your gut when you start it, it'll be right. it'll be a stomach ache by the time you finish it. And that's where I was. And so this person wanted to renew. And I was like, you know, no, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, no. Liberating. <laughs> that's, like, that's the word. It's liberating. <laughs> for no, you. no, no. I mean. You know, spending many years under bullies and things like that. I just, no, I was like, I'm done, <laughs> but thanks. You know, yeah, it's interesting because Frank Lopes had said that at one point. He had said, you know, when you get that twinge in your stomach, like you got to listen to it either for good or for bad. He says, you get that twinge, you get it down yep. here, you got to listen. So uh, you, you had said a minute ago, I'm going to backtrack in time here for just a second. You said you're working with 15 different uh, dealer clients. So yes. what is... From the automotive side of it, you've got at least 15, if not more. I mean, you have hundreds of people that you influence and are influencing you in your groups and so forth. But what would you say is the biggest challenge that is facing upper end leaders, specific to automotive right now today? People. People. <laughs> and why do you say that? No, really. Just, I mean, you know, from an acquisition standpoint, um, a, a talent acquisition standpoint, that's uh, to me, the number one thing that dealers are struggling with right now is talent acquisition. So I'm, I'm working strategically with a couple strategic partners mm -hmm. and, um, and I brought them into these dealerships to help acquire top talent. And that's, okay. it's hard to do because nobody wants to work six days a week. Nobody dealer that wants to scream and yell and, you know, come downstairs and you know they're they're uh, they're a demos not filled i mean we had a dealer that that you know he, he he literally ran down the stairs screaming at a porter because his demo wasn't filled up but the porter was out helping a customer get a car a salesman get a car delivered right sure. and so it's just some of those shenanigans that this this next generation's not going to accept and so it's getting tougher and tougher 
to find quality people who want to work in a car dealership. And especially where I'm at in Austin, Texas, because yeah. the competition is Google, Amazon, Facebook, um, you know, and it's just it's it isn't something that as an industry that we've done a very good job to make an appealing to make it look appealing to this next generation. So what do you what do you suggest? What would you have? What do you tell people to do in, in consulting or if there's something you haven't or if there's something you're thinking of right now? What what would you tell them? Look, here's here's the two or three things you need to do to go ahead and make it more appealing and attract top talent. What couple of things do you advise them to do to make it appealing? Well, number one, we, we look at pay plans because what okay. we know from the millennial generation and from, from females um, in the sure. automotive industry is that is that security is a super big deal. And a pay plan that has security tied to it versus a larger income opportunity is much more attractive to this next generation and to, to women in, in particular. Uh, number two is what does your schedule look like? Nobody wants to work six days a week, bell to bell every single weekend. And then what is the culture? And in that culture starts at the top. Mr. Dealer, Mrs. Dealer, are you a bully? Are you somebody who just has meltdowns on the showroom floor? I've, I've known them, those, those types for years. And they're, they're just, they're terrible people. They're terrible people to work for. And so, you know, so, so those are three, three things we look at. We look at culture, we look at, um, at the pay plan and we look at the scheduling. And then, you know, and, and once, once you fix those three things, you know, you can start hiring people, but I'll tell you the pay plan and the schedule are absolutely critical. If, if a dealership wants to bring in quality people, um, especially millennials and women. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, so you said culture, you said schedule and what and was pay the third plan. one? Pay plan. Pay, pay plan. plan. Yeah. yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, most most people just don't have any desire. You know, I mean, they need stability in their lives. And I don't know about you, Mike. I mean, I think you've been in the business about 15 years. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I started in the business 34 years ago and, you know, and we worked on straight commission and that's the way it was. But that isn't today. There are too many options for mm -hmm. people. You know, and employment is sitting at an all time low in our country. And so people don't have to go get a job selling cars anymore. Right. They don't you know? they don't have to go get a job doing anything anymore. I mean, it's there there are so many options out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, um, you know, dealers who are stuck in their old ways and doing things like they did in nineteen ninety something, um, they're not going it's not going to be easy to attract the talent of two thousand eighteen. That's, I think, real valid. Evolve or die, right? That's, Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of where we're at. So we look at the dinosaurs, right? I'm going to, as we're kind of winding down, we got a few minutes left here. Uh, you and I were talking beforehand as far as, as time, in, unless you have something else to add, I'll, I'll keep going. My schedule's open this evening, but I know it's <laughs> in, in the evening. I'm sometimes taking up people's time. So you had said uh, a few minutes ago, you'd said, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I really want to do. You, you knew you had this plan. So obviously doing what you're doing now, you're very passionate about it. You're fired up. It, it, it's like the Energizer Bunny. I, I know how it is too, like doing this program for me. That's why I say I, I can keep going, you know, it's fun. Yeah. So being that passion is certainly the doorway to success. Mm -hmm. What would you advise some of these people that are coming up in that next generation? that are struggling to find their passion. You know, like I said, I have an 18 year old son and he's like, man, I don't know what direction, and maybe not 18. I know when I was 18, I didn't know either, but 
if they're trying to find, look, here's what I'm passionate about. Here's the path. Here's the direction that I'm headed. How would you advise this up and coming generation of leaders to find and seek their passion? You know, I, I think it starts with um, finding what you love to do and doing it with with people you love to do it with. You know, I you know, I love to sell and 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 I do it That's naturally. Cool. I, people are always like, God, you know, you're trying to sell me. And I'm like, no, I'm just talking to you. It's like what I do because I get so wound up about things that I love. Right. And so um, I, I think you absolutely have to be able to like what you do. You'll be, be, be proud of the, of what you're selling, what your product or your services. And then number two, you know, if you're going to spend eight to 10 to 12 hours a day with people, you better make sure you like the people you're doing it with and make sure that, you know, that they align with your values and who you are as a person. Um, you know, and because I think that's critical because we spend more time awake you know, in our waking hours at work than we do in our waking our wake hours with our families. So, you know, you need to find right. a company or an organization that that really feels like, and I talk about feelings a lot, but feels like extended family. Because if you're not happy, you're not going to be productive. And that doesn't do you any good and it doesn't do the company any good. Right. So I'm going to close out. I have two last questions for you, if I may. First one is, oh, I may have lost Lisa here. I'm going to see if in a moment I get Lisa back because we're coming right on the tail end. I'm going to pose the two questions that I have for Lisa to the rest of the audience out there. What are some resources that you would recommend to someone looking to gain insight into becoming a better leader? And for the people that are out there watching, people that are in management and leadership, what are some resources you might recommend to people watching this show so that they can grow and become a better leader? That would be one. And then secondly, as an individual, as somebody who is a leader, what are you doing to ensure that you continue to grow as a leader, as somebody in business, that you are continuing to be somebody that other people will follow? So I would uh, I would encourage you. I love Lisa Copeland too. I've got Melissa in the in the sidebar. She says, "Man, I love Lisa Copeland." Absolutely, I also love Lisa Copeland. So I'm gonna send her a quick message here. Go that way, and uh, we'll see if she can reconnect. So for everybody that took the time to tune in and join with me today, I sure appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, I am going to go ahead and wrap it here. A very big thank you to Lisa Copeland for taking her time to tune in with us, share her insight, share her wisdom. I'm telling you, you need to make sure and connect with her on Facebook. She is awesome. Join her Big Sellers uh, Facebook group if you want an opportunity to grow your leadership, your management, your sales skills. It's an absolutely awesome group. So connect with Lisa Copeland. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. I appreciate you. I know the audience appreciates you. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. If you're wanting to get motivated, you're wanting to increase your influence, you're wanting to level up as a leader, subscribe to the channel. Check out Lead the Team TV, leadtheteam.tv, because I would love for nothing more than for you to be connected and you know, participate in these live shows, participate in the conversation and level yourself up and level yourself or the, the people around you up. So thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and join me today. And I will tell you what, until we speak next, I hope you have 
an absolutely fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon, everybody.